0: Well, good morning and welcome back to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. If you haven't been with us ever before, this is our 40th episode. 40th episode on the podcast. We uh, are the pastors of High Lakes Christian Church where we spend time uh, every single week diving into God's Word, but also talking about life and ministry. Uh, The whole premise of this podcast was that sometimes when you come in on a Monday morning, it's uh, overwhelming the amount of things that ministry uh, is and things that we do in ministry. And sometimes it is Feels like it'd be better to go drive bread, and it's an interesting job. Uh, I don't know about you, Isaac, but it's one of those things where it's never finished, right? Yeah, ministry is never done, and we kind of just always feel like we're we're running behind the truck sometimes, or getting run over by the truck, yep, you know. Like. Um, but but it is kind of an interesting job in the in the the calling that we've been been given that we, we take on. But that's what this podcast is about. Hopefully, you enjoy it. It's it's something that your ears get tickled uh, by by the words <laughs> of of Isaac and myself today. It's only two of us today. Only the two yeah, of us. crew. We, we are uh, here all by ourselves as, as Pastor Ben is off at a funeral, and so uh, we'll be praying for him. Um, but um, we we're gonna dive into some topics today in regards to, to Luke chapter nineteen here in just a little bit. Um, but but Isaac just want to talk to you real fast about this weekend. What was what was uh, the things that were in the highlight reel? I heard you had a crazy story about a raccoon, but you can't tell you can't <laughs> tell that story. Is that is
1: that true? There may or may not have been another Airbnb horror story with a raccoon. That's
0: one of our yeah. most listened to and like appreciated episodes. The one where we had like the squirrel
1: that you yeah. kill. So what, yeah. what, what happened it's, with the raccoon? You don't have to give,
0: give everything, but what, what took uh, place? I don't
1: know. Californians pull up to their Airbnb. They're watching a movie late at night. And we realize that there's a raccoon, several raccoons outside trying to get in the chicken coop. So, okay activities need to be How many chickens do you have now? dispatched with. Uh we have 7. Okay. We did have a one died like 2 weeks ago from some strange disease, virus, flu. Hmm. Not the avian flu probably. Hopefully, Don't worry. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all the other chickens are fine, but um so we had the raccoons come in and I went out with the 22 and blasted it right between the eyes. Okay. Which is a fairly loud gun for that neighborhood i think you're theoretically only just use air rifles but uh the, the 22 is just so effective it's just you got to use it on those kind of weebies. so he dropped to the ground right between the eyes and yeah so the airbnb has got to show it went from my dog jumping on the raccoon and wanting to tear it <laughs> in pieces me grabbing the dog by the scruff and dragging it inside so i didn't get rabies with the raccoon oh my goodness to then Using a shovel to finish off the raccoon that I thought it was still had died. It was still alive. I like- shot it literally between the eyes, and it was still. I go out there five minutes later after putting the dog back and cleaning up inside, and it's just doing circles, like deranged circles around a tree. And I'm like, "How is this thing still?" I reckon. Amazed me with ca- how. Did you tough catch they are. it or
0: something at that point? No, or- I didn't
1: catch it. But he was just like doing like walking like. Circles around this tree, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, this thing is just, not dead yet." Just Ambiterner Turner, just, just Ambi Turner, Turner yeah. only going one one direction. Yep, circumnavigating that thing. So then we then we uh, ended up by well, we I mean strictly me. Millie was asleep. Uh, grabbed the shovel and the Airbnbers at that point turned all the lights off in their house and <laughs> uh, closed the blinds. Hey, and if they're the, coming to Lapine on a, uh, a vacation, they don't come to Lapine. They come to Bend, Oregon. Okay,
0: so guess that's, that's, that's where true. they think but they if, are. But if they come to the central. <clears throat> part of Oregon. They sh- they have to understand that this this is what it's like living here. Sometimes you have to slaughter raccoon a, a raccoon. <laughs> a raccoon. I, I would love to see your Airbnb host, the neighbor there,
1: oh. their, their reviews. Oh, their reviews I know. We need have to check to that. Phenomenal. That one will show up for sure. Like we thought we were going to die as a raccoon murder, beating a raccoon <laughs> over the head with a shovel and then trying to decapitate it. It was a, a brutal scene and they were scared spitless, but our chickens are safe. Hey, Sometimes it,
0: my, my neighbors growing up, they had like a koi pond, like that was yeah. out behind their house. And so the the raccoons would start coming down and and they would start killing the koi. And so uh my neighbor finally got upset about it and he's like, We need to kill this thing. And I don't know why he like thought that I could help him out, but I was like in high school. So we go out there and he he grabs his like uh just like air uh, like his air rifle basically yeah. and he's shooting at this like uh raccoon and it's not it's not working, right? Because yeah. it's exactly. just kind of essentially like yeah. bouncing off or yeah. whatever. So finally he's like, All right, I got. I get the pellet gun. So he gets like the, like the, you know, the breakaway pellet yeah. gun, which essentially is an air rifle of yeah. some sort as well. But he breaks off the pellet gun and he shoots this thing and it hits it right in the eye. Yeah. Like directly yeah. in the eye. And so, so, <laughs> so it's like one eye, like just, just blood is just pouring down this, this raccoon's eye. And it comes down the tree at us. Like We're up They'll come at you. Yeah. And just come, it just comes screaming down the tree. So we, we take off running. My neighbor like runs into his house and I go like, cause it jumps over our fence. Cause like our fences are really close together. So me, me and my dad are like in the backyard. We're like, where, where is it? Where is it? So we like pop our heads up over the top of the fence and the raccoon's right there. No way. Just (laughs) his. It's hissing at us, and it's like got this like bloody eye, and I mean, I, I, I think it had babies too as well. So oh, wow. for whatever reason, like you know, oh. it probably didn't do much to it. But I mean, it was like said, it like it had like just a like a eye hanging off and everything and stuff. One eyed raccoon, one eyed on. raccoon. So it made it probably. It's still, I think it survived. It had to have <laughs> survived. I mean, I think that, but I think the koi were safe after that moment. Yeah, um, because of the fact, it's
1: that, hard to kill a koi one eyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have some crazy yeah, depth perception. Yeah, the depth for that. perception yeah, on, one, on one
0: hand. Yeah. They, they, are, they are crazy creatures. Those, those, oh, they're tough. And, man. And, well, you know, they they can move inside of their skin. And yeah. so, like, that's one of the things, like, that I was, after I had that experience with this raccoon, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a hunter, and he's like, he's like, they'll grab dogs. And like pull them into the water, and because they can like turn their like their bodies inside their skin, and they can like breathe and like drown the
1: dog. I mean, Gosh. Like they're 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 like they're tough suckers. Tough suckers to yeah. to get get rid of, and so there's so some we, serious predators in our in our neighborhood So did
0: there, you so. Did you just keep the pelt or did you? No,
1: no. <laughs> one day I would have kind of like to try to do something like that, especially because we get a lot of gray squirrels too. Yeah, and those would make some sweet gloves mittens one day.
0: Well, we had our our cat I think killed one of those little tiny squirrels just the other day, and so. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, we need to go out there and clean that up. And before I could even say that, Parker has it in his hand. He's like yes. holding it. I'm like, put the squirrel down. Like, you can't be like carrying the squirrel. <laughs> Can we eat it? No. He's like, he's like, Dad, I'm thinking about skinning this thing. And I'm like, no, we're not going to skin. I mean, the squirrel. The chipmunk? It's a, yeah, the chipmunk. It's like the three yeah. and a half yeah. inches long. I'm like, could you? One, he's gonna like fillet his finger, oh, yeah. and, and there's not gonna be any chance that he's actually gonna be able to. I mean, just skin a squirrel because we we watched that show alone. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, uh, he's
1: just into it.
0: Well, yeah, because well, you know they kill the little mice, you know, on alone, and then
1: they skin the mice Gosh. and everything and stuff. Which Some people are legitimately eating those things too. That well, they have to when out, they're yeah, out there. I mean,
0: I they're they're not able like there's nothing else to eat, yeah. you know, and stuff. But that's what his thought process was is like. I'm gonna skin this thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna have this little little three and a half inch pelt inside of my Old my room. Like oh my. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah no but the rest of the weekend was pretty good yeah, how um, about you i i, I actually did something i did a repair did. I, I can't believe this so our washer and dryer are like really old and all of a sudden last week the heating element just oh, it, it is, you did this it, it's, it's it's it has stopped working and my thought process is just like throw it away
1: thank you like, That's mine the like, same thing happened to us so really we can really yeah you know, i'm like i'm like i'm there. like
0: this thing is not worth it there's no reason to repair it but my wife's like, I think we can repair it. I think we can. I think we- by we, I mean <laughs> you, you. <laughs> you, exactly. So she, she, she starts doing some research and she's like, I think we can repair this. And I'm like, I don't think we can. Like, it seems, it seems dangerous. Right. Cause I mean, it's like this, the manufacturers do this for a specific reason. Yeah. They know, they know what they're doing. Um, so I pull the dryer out and, and I'm, I'm looking at it and I have like this, mu- this multimeter that's like, I mean, it's got to be three cents. That's yeah. a, that's like how yeah. much this thing costs. And I'm testing different. N- nothing's even making any sound and everything <laughs> and stuff. Um, but finally, I was like, I, I did test the actual coil. Yeah. And there was no like uh, whatever they call that, um, no ohms. Yeah. Running through the coil. So I take the coil off and it snapped right in the middle. So like I was like, oh, oh yeah. Like this is actually the problem. So I hit on the, I, Amazon, ordered the thing, came in one day. Wow. Put that thing in and it's working. It did. Yes. The full drive what a blessing. The, yeah. I mean like. Was it pretty easy to get to on yours? I mean, you have to take the whole back off and yeah. all that kind of thing. And then it's it slides in there and it's got a special bracket and all this kind of stuff. But like, I mean, that's YouTube University to, yeah. to the max kind oh, of yeah. thing when you're trying to repair an old dryer. But it still seems dangerous to me. I said yeah. like, I know you're messing with one, like heat. And two, you're messing with electricity of, that you don't. And so some sort of Chinese part is coming that you're going to try to put this thing in put there. Put your trust in, too. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I, I, I did good work. Good, man. So, good work. So I've done, we've done like three or four loads of it, and the, the clothes are, are hot, and they're coming out dry and everything and stuff. So I, That's I, amazing. I, I felt a little bit like Pastor Ben, you know, getting a chance to get get my hands in there and just YouTube yep. University yep. this
1: thing to try to fix P. it. You know
0: but why. but I actually, I mean, so $26. That's amazing. $26? Re- if you would have called
1: somebody out, it would have been like a couple hundred at oh, least. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been worth it. I mean, yeah. that, that
0: dryer is terrible anyways as yeah. well. So,
1: I mean, we're just kind of limping it along at, at this Million point. Millie and I had to do the same thing with our dryer a couple of months back. And uh, I spent like a full four or five hours tearing it apart to get into it because it's like in the absolute knelt to this dryer. <laughs> was it the heating element yeah, too it as was well? the heating element. Or so I thought. And I took it out and replaced the heating element and put it back in. Still didn't work. Cool. So take it all back apart. Ended up being the thermostat. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So that, that was the that was the second thing. Exactly. That, it could be one <laughs> yeah. of those two things. So I took
1: it back apart, put the new thermostat in, and then one load of dryer it worked, next load it blew the thermostat. I said, throw this thing in the trash now. So we took it to the Is that
0: down. because of like the amount of like uh the circuits too hot? Like that's what I was reading. Is yeah, that Yeah, there's like a
1: lint buildup somewhere, but I cleaned the I cleaned the dryer um vent and everything and so mm. I I don't know what it ended up being. But mm. we just Ended up downgrading a little bit and two a set of washer and dryers that like have lasted us for a very long time. And yeah. we had it in a different house and brought them in and there's double Because you were doing stuff. like the double, right? Like it was like where you put, it just washer and dryer like combined. Oh, we one. tried that. Yeah. We, our whole thing has been an extravaganza <laughs> mess ups on washer and dryer. We tried the two in one and it, it just it like doesn't work. even have a dryer van. It just like uses evaporation technologies. It's a joke. I don't believe it. I don't believe it that's
0: even, that it even works. No, it doesn't. Because Don't they have a lot in Europe, they have those a lot, you know, and all we had to do is then just like hang dry all yeah, our clothes. Yeah, they just come out time. all stinky and wet. Yeah. Well, and then when you hang dry it, like then it like stretches everything. Yeah. So like yeah. I, the other day, like I put on one of my shirts and like the collar was like, I had like full chest hair, like coming out the top of the <laughs> uh, thing. I'm like, too hot. well, it, you know, it, it was an attractive look, but it was definitely not something that anybody wanted to see. Um <laughs> But but I was like I was like what what is going on with this shirt is because it had been hung dry and it just like you know just yeah, stretches starts it out. Stretches, stretching it out and stuff yeah. so I don't I don't believe that whole 2 in 1 and it's just so small you can put like
1: four shirts and a pair of pants yeah. and it's over I
0: mean granted it's just you and your wife so yeah. that it's not as much clothes right. but I mean when you have kids it it's it's impossible but I also don't think it works like the wash
1: is so. just fine but the dryer is a myth really you might as well just take it outside and blow on See, it See that's
0: just, just blowing on your chonies <laughs> and just hoping that they, they get dry. <laughs> yeah. So I did I did repair. I did I did a repair amazing, th- this
1: week and that right. makes you feel good when it's just like you turn it back on, it works and you're just like I just saved so much money.
0: Well, and then but then you're also just fearful like any yeah. like my nose. I have a very large nose, right? But I, I, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like just sniffing constantly to see. Is there? <laughs> I a, smell electrical yeah, burn. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, you're gonna smell like something yeah, yeah, like that's exactly. burning, and then it starts. Nah, be fine. I think it's gonna be fine. I think we're gonna survive. Um, but but yeah, so I did a little did a little repair, and then I watched college football. Like Ooh, I mean, that, what a great day! That, that was that was my that was my weekend. Uh, you know, this is the, the the high and holy days of for yeah, my absolutely. my year. I, I love football, and I and I know that you you're out there hunting and like doing productive stuff. This is a great season sit- for both of us. I'm sitting on the couch, not not doing anything productive, but yelling me not, yep.
1: It has not been productive for us yet, so you, you're winning. Well, so you got fun. you got one. I got the world's smallest buck. Yeah, yeah. One, one small tiny buck is, is Bambi you, Happy Meal.
0: Well, but you, you how many pounds of meat off of that?
1: Uh, fifth about fifty.
0: That's not bad. No, I mean, not that, bad for deer. That'll be that'll be.
1: Deli- but I mean, delicious. I took the liver out of that thing. I took the heart out of that thing. I took every square inch of meat I could. red meat and everything. Did so. you
0: just bite into it? Isn't that like the ceremony? Nah, I didn't like? do the raw you heart bite the, in. Right. No. Wow. Well, we I thought, we, we I thought barbecued was, it and cooked it up or oh, smoked it. Actually. Smoked it. Yeah. Smoked the heart. Yeah. Really? Mm.
1: Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah. What do I, anything else cool happened this week? Oh, we went to the Lumineers concert last night, Ooh. which was great. Millie and I and the Wilders and her sister and brother, uh, sister's husband. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. They're a very talented group and uh, we got to, sit pretty close actually to the stage because it came out way far into the Hayden Amphitheater. And, and the guy's cool. He like takes his microphone and goes all throughout the crowd and
0: it was cool. Yeah, that, that the Hayden's done a great job with that place. I mean, I know that the tickets are like insanely expensive through like Live Nation and all that. Yeah, the t- well, it wasn't the too
1: bad. I think we got ours for like 80 bucks back in June or something like that. Oh, so really? They weren't too bad.
0: I know that like Jesse's been helping out there and like helping do the setup yeah. and roll in and tear tear down kind of thing yeah. and stuff. It's kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, so that is a little celebration for your anniversary. Is that yep. what it was? Yep. Now, you guys have a big trip, though, as well, that you're going to go uh, on. That's Israel. That's so, Israel. Yeah. Oh, Israel, yeah. yeah. Israel's our next trip. Dude, I'm, I'm so fun. I'm so stoked I'm for Israel. Fun. Uh, somebody was talking to me about that the other day. Like, are you going? I'm like, absolutely. I'm going. Yeah. Me and Isaac are going to try to
1: find se- secret hidden spots. I just read something about the Dead Sea Caves where they found the scrolls. They oh, just right. discovered, yeah. like, a, a bunch of cool Roman... Uh, warfare stuff dug in the back of one of those caves so we're gonna definitely be bringing a rope and are, in are we centers. going to the the stairs
0: underneath uh like the wall there's like that that those tunnels uh, that are underneath underneath the wall. Jerusalem yeah uh
1: we I don't know if we're doing we will go to the ones that's um the old water chute. it's okay spoken about in the Old Testament we'll do that which is super cool, but I also want to get a tour under the Temple Mount. Yeah, that's, we need to get that. Yeah. I saw, I
0: saw some pictures from that. And like, that looks amazing. Cause they just, it's just been recently that they've like opened that all up right. to where people can actually go down to there course, and everything yeah. and stuff. So, all right. Well, diving into the, the the scripture this week, we are in Luke chapter 19. Um, and it's a, a parable that probably you've been uh, aware of, but you may not notice the, um, the small differences. A lot of times we hear the parable of the talents, right? That's been kind of one that people have uh, discussed for a long time. And the parable of the talents, real simple, right? The the master gives the different talents and he says, you know, here's what you're going to go do with them. I'm going away, comes back and everybody who's part of, there's always three guys, right? Yep. And, and first guy always does great. Yep. Second guy. He's all right. He's always like, uh, you know, C average kind yep. of thing. Yep. He, no, enough to pass. Yep. And then the third guy, Flunks, flunks, Beyond every flunk. every single time. And yeah. and I think there's actually that's that's a, a way of Jewish storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you might know more better to explain that more than me. But what what happens with that with the three stories? But anyways, mm-hmm. they, they they have these three different versions of the of the the guy who's going to be there. Third guy always is the worst, right? Mm-hmm. In the story of the minas that Pastor Ben talked about this week, it's a little bit different. How How is it different there,
1: Isaac? Uh, obviously, we didn't preach it, but um, still. We yeah, can- well, Ben mentioned a couple of things. First of all, it's minas versus uh, talent. So a talent was like multiple years' wages, I think, if I remember, just one talent. Yeah. And a minus is like three months' wages. Okay. So you're talking different amounts of um, payment, compensation, as well as... Um, different, it's a different kind of a point that Jesus wants to make here is what Ben said. So basically when Jesus was telling his parables, potentially depending on what audience he was speaking to, he would adjust his illustrations to help drive that point home or whatever application the audience needed, he would adjust the illustrations to suit the audience. So you can imagine maybe here uh, he was telling this story, I think Ben said, in Jericho. um, And Maybe the group of people he was speaking to here would have it would have uh, made more sense to talk about minus versus talents. Maybe that was more in their economic range, and additionally, the minus are all everybody receives the same amount. Yeah. So there's the, that's the big one right there. Is yeah. that instead
0: of it being, you know, we talk about uh, there, there's. Five, 10 talent, and five talent, and two talent, and one talent. People, right? Yeah. That, that, you know, Isaac's one of those ten talent guys. I'm, I'm more, a one talent. I'm guy. more of, more it's... of a zero talent guy. But, um, but th- those kind of uh, that that part of the parable is one where people are like, okay, well, it doesn't seem fair what the the master gives them. In this case, every the mina is given to the same to every single person. Yeah. And and the idea is, what are you doing with that mina? So what does he do with that that part of the parable there?
1: Well, I I think here, um, whereas the the other parable talks about talents and everybody gets a different amount, the idea there is kind of like, what are you going to do with the giftings that God has entrusted to us? Here, because the minas are all the same, uh, the same amount of basically money, the idea is potentially Jesus has entrusted us with the gospel. Jesus has entrusted um, uh, his servants with the gospel. And the gospel is the same um, no matter who you give it to. So the question is, are they investing it wisely, what Jesus has entrusted to them? And so out of
0: that, he gives them the talents, he hands it off to them and he says, I'm going to go away and then I'm when to come back. So it's very similar in the rest of the, in the parable of the talents, right, where he asks the first man and what happens to the first guy? What is the, the return on investment that happens there?
1: He does good. He, he invested it and, and it ended up making him um, so it says in verse, 15, when he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. So he wants them to invest in it. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made 10 minas more. 10 minas more. Yep. And so you're talking about, you know, three months wages, you know, times 10. It's pretty yeah. good. Right. So yeah. he's, he's it made. doubles it essentially. He doubles, yeah. yeah.
0: A return on investment that, that yeah. goes really, really well uh,
1: in the, in this way. Yeah. Second
0: guy, second guy, we're going to see the sea average guy. What happens with the sea average guy?
1: Yeah. Um then another came verse 20. Lord, here is your mina which I laid away in a handkerchief. Oh sorry, oh, that was the third guy. Yeah, 18. So the second um second came, Lord, your mina has made you 5 minus 5 minus more. And so
0: uh, again, the idea of putting it on deposit and, and or, or putting the putting it into work, investing it, and getting it to a place where it actually has a return on investment, and then of course we get to the fateful guy here, Poor in, guy. in in chapter really twenty, right? Messes up that he has the mina. It says yep. verse twenty, sir. Here is your mina. I have kept it uh, laid away in a piece of cloth. Uh, I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. Uh, now take what you uh, you take out what you did not put in and reap what you do not sow. The master replied, I will uh, judge you on your own words, you wicked... Servant, mm. right? Um, and so, again, a classic story, one that we've heard before. Um, what did you take from it first, at a, at a ten thousand uh, foot view, Isaac? We're going to come back to this idea of the cities thing, right? You're going to be put in charge of cities because I think that's a really interesting part of this conversation. Ben walked this fine line in regards to uh, reward and salvation, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But what, from a ten thousand
1: foot view, what do you what do you see in this uh, this parable? Um, I think there's a conviction for me of like, am I just uh, taking what has been given, let's say the gospel, and hiding it away in a handkerchief, refusing to, in a napkin, refusing to invest that and take risks, faith risks. I love that idea that Ben was saying, essentially, if if the gospel is going to multiply, it's going to take people who are willing to take faith risks. And the gospel doesn't spread um, unless you're willing to go out and do something that might be a little bit scary. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I imagine all three of these people knew that this master was, you know, going to come back and was going to demand of them a, an answer for what they've done. So in a sense, he was a demanding Man, he was going to demand that they did something with it. And so they could have been taken in by the fear of maybe not having a good return. But instead, they took a faith risk. They invested it. And in varying degrees, they ended up getting more back. And the first two were awarded for that. And yeah. so I think there's a lesson for well, me. Th- that- and there's never
0: a fourth man, right? There's never the fourth man yeah. that he was given the mina and he, he worked really hard and he failed at everything. Yeah. Like there's that. Right. So like oh, the, good point. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying. So like that that piece of the fear that yeah. he, that is playing in here, like it's never realized
1: because yeah. these the faith risk is always rewarded by God. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: And that and that's kind of the analogy that's yeah. there. That I mean, and I think that's why Jesus never goes in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think you're right. One one of the things that Ben hit on a lot was this idea that risk is required, mm-hmm. and we live in a world um that is. Uh, Averse to risk, right? I remember when we were doing like kind of our financial planning and talking with our financial planner. One of the things are like, mm-hmm. well, how much risk are you willing to take, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and what? And so we did this like little spreadsheet. It's like, and me and my wife did it separately to see. Mm-hmm. And so like, and we came out drastically <laughs> different, right? Yeah. I am more risk taking when it comes to that. She's a little bit more right. like averse to wanting to take that risk. But in order for your you know investments to pan out, sometimes it takes. Yeah. risk, and it takes stepping out in faith in a, in a financial way, but in this case, it's obviously in a faith way. Yeah, um, And that's required in order for—if you think back through history, in order for the gospel to move forward, it doesn't move forward through comfort, mm-hmm. and it doesn't move forward through uh, people who uh, are adverse to any risk. I mean, that's, that's why when the church is under its, you know, most difficult seasons uh, in terms of persecution— when it grows the most. Yeah. Right. And so what does that say to us about risk, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of what because I mean that's kind of a hard word.
1: We hate hearing that word. So what what does that say to you? I love it. I love it, honestly, because I think we live in a culture, like you said, that and it even I think plays into the church sometimes where we we want to stick with what's worked in the past mm-hmm. and we want to continue down the path of discipleship or of the ministry model that has worked. And here is Jesus essentially endorsing entrepreneurship with the gospel, saying, try something that hasn't been done before yeah. for my sake, for my glory. Take the gospel. And because it's the gospel that has the power um, to transform lives, it's not necessarily our established ministry methods or whatever. It's the gospel that's going to do it. And so I guess that raises the question, like, what, what does it look like for everyday Christians like you and I to— Take faith risks with the gospel. What yeah. might that look like in in our lives to take a risk for the gospel and see its you know fruit? Absolutely, and,
0: and not only just like to have uh, individually, but churchwide yeah. as well. You know how how do we? One of the things that I think um, is oftentimes difficult inside of uh, Lapine specifically, right, is because we are a community that's uh, kind of spread out. And we don't have a downtown and we don't have a lot of times the physical uh, felt needs, right? That a lot of like a big city would have, right? There's Mm -hmm. areas where you can go into and you're like, okay, we see. Yeah. This needs to be helped. This needs to be uh, fixed. In Lapine, that's a little bit more hidden. Yeah, um, well, there's 14 no trespassing signs up before you can see any of that. Exactly, right, yeah. Brokenness. And, and so some of that brokenness is a great word there is hidden in, in the woods and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so taking uh, risks is, um, I guess, not done as often, I would say, mm-hmm. in, Im- amongst uh, in terms of the evangelistic side of that, right? Yeah. Where we don't have like, <clears throat> I've never seen somebody go door to door Inside yeah, of our, death wish. yeah, yeah, exactly, and I mean, even even amongst you know, and maybe in that's in you know, Crescent Creek or some of these yeah. smaller communities, uh, like areas that are like more and uh, built up, but you don't see like a Jehovah's Witnesses even like coming right. around doing like <laughs> the door to door thing in Lapine, and so again, one of the things when it comes to like what does it look like for us to take a risk inside of Lapine is, is a very good question, yeah. and um, people have asked us, you know, well, what are you doing for outreach? It's like, okay, well. We are challenging people to be the one who is going out and doing that outreach inside of your community. So what, is, what does that look like, Isaac, in terms mm. of your opinion? I mean, you are amongst uh, teens oftentimes where they are inside of a small community where they can take those risks uh, on a daily basis. As an adult, that's
1: probably a little bit more difficult. Mm. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think we have to start with where we already have existing connections with people. Um, and, and, think of think in your sphere of influence, who, um, who you engage with regularly, um, and begin to share the gospel with those people. Um, it, maybe it's a neighbor that, you know, um, it's going to be a lot easier for someone like you who has an existing relationship with a neighbor to start, start sharing the gospel with them, um, than it is for someone else. So mm. I think take advantage of those relationships that, God has given you. And I think to see those opportunities as God given, I have where I live, um, (laughs) dead raccoons uh, and Airbnb, uh, a neighbor who, um, is difficult. And, um, and I have been beginning to realize lately that God has laid that person, uh, put that person in my life in order for me to share the gospel with them, which I'm like, no, that's not why. But (laughs) Uh, the reality is, um, everybody is is you know able to receive that, and and he's someone in particular, God has laid in my heart that I need to share the gospel with, and just because he's annoying, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, and so that person is going to continue to be there, and um, God wants me to show him the gospel. And yeah, he needs it. So, so well, isn't that there. a funny question you could ask yourself? Is is there somebody inside of
0: your life that maybe is that annoying person right now, and mm-hmm. and you're been you've been adverse to having any kind of conversation with them, whether that's even just like being cordial, right. um, but to the extent of like thinking of them as what, where, where's that their eternity. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's the one that God's calling you to, you know, yeah. it's very easy to or not easy, I guess, but it, it is a little bit easier to love those who love you. Right. And that, yeah. that if you're, right. Oh, I got this friend that, you know, is across the world that I could have shared Jesus with. And we, 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 you know, that's good. Yeah, but that neighbor who's right next door to you, I say again, that felt need in the pine, I think, is so different because the felt need is only really recognized by the neighbors that they're around. You can't necessarily look at our our our, our area here in our town and say, okay, that is right. what what you need, you know. Um, and so that's where the individual uh, sending out yeah. of our people is so vital, and that's why we challenge people to that, is saying like, we don't know. Who you're going to, you know, be in relationship with. And we don't even have that connection because we're not, we're not their neighbor. Yeah. You know, I say this to the students uh, when I when I did the youth group, it was the fact that it's weird for me to be your friend's friend. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and they're, they're it's your responsibility to go reach them. It's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the tools, the resources, and and be an aid and a support to you. But yeah, you walking on onto Lapine's Pine's campus and befriending 14 yeah. year old boys yeah. we, is the it the heck is that it, It's he's kind of just creeping weird around, yeah, yeah creeping around right yep. and and but yet that's again youth ministry is that way i guess to some extent but um <laughs> you you are kind of like always <laughs> yeah, hanging out with students yeah. which is kind of strange um but but it, it's a it's a microcosm of that bigger idea is that right. you're going to be the best jesus mm-hmm. to the people that you're around then than myself, you know, yeah. Pastor Isaac, Pastor Ben, whatever the case yep. may be. And I think a lot of times people think, well, if I just got him to church, yeah, you know, that that would be like, the, that's enough. And that that is kind of risky, mm-hmm. you know, an invite to church or an right. invite to being a part of something that that we're doing, church in the park or whatever kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think
1: that can be a part of our evangelism method is inviting people to church for sure. Um, but I think there needs to be more um, in re- regards to your personal relationship with that neighbor or whoever it is that you have a relationship with. Um, that inv- invitation to church can be a culmination of, a, of sharing the gospel with them. You know, you can invite them after you've told them. So, so this third guy, he's given his mina. In this case,
0: uh, what we, we looked at this week in, in church was that it's the gospel. He's given uh, the, the gift of, of salvation and the gift of the gospel. He doesn't do anything with it. He doesn't produce anything out of it. He hides it away in, an, in a handkerchief, and out of that... Um, he returns that to the master, and the master calls him wicked, hmm. and and is and ultimately, basically, takes away from him what he has been been given. And so the, the two first guys, guy number one, guy number two, are are given cities, right? Which I don't really understand that part of the, the, the parable. And Pastor Ben was like, I don't really want to dive into it either. It's kind of funny he's not here today. But he says, you know, uh, because you have been trustworthy with very little, this is verse 17, I will make you in charge of 10 cities. Mm-hmm. Verse uh, 19, the master answered, you take charge of five cities. So there's this Premise, and it's obviously a very biblical premise of the idea that those who are uh, given little and do great with it will be given more, right? Yeah. And so, what does that say to us? Um, uh, one thing it says to me is your job's not done, right? Mm. He's done this investing thing. Okay, well now you're you got you got more still to do. Yeah. What else does it say to you that this whole ten cities kind of given authority now over
1: whatever that looks like inside of the kingdom? I think it's really neat how Jesus invests in us and then entrusts us with the responsibility to to then invest it further into the world. So he gives us the mission. We have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation, Paul says. And um, I think it's just amazing that he entrusts broken people like you and I to be the ones who are going to be taking this priceless treasure of the gospel and sharing that with people. And I think that's why, in a sense, he gets so upset with the third who says, man, I've given you this incredible gift, and you've received it, and you've held it for yourself. And so when we are rewarded with the cities, it's Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant, for acknowledging the, the significance of the gift you've been given and sharing that with other people. Um, I don't know what to make of ruling over the cities, Mm -hmm. Uh, because like Ben said, that is not a desire that we would have. Right. But I think I think there is a lesson there in that we will be rewarded um, for being faithful with the investment that Christ has given us and sharing it with other people.
0: Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Be, being in charge of 10 cities sounds, sounds horrible. Yeah. Like that sounds like a, a horrible, like congratulations and here's a pile of crap. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, why do you want to do that and do get that again? Chicago,
1: Los Angeles, and <laughs> Seattle. Exactly.
0: Right. <laughs> um, but regardless, there is this concept of that in some way that's viewed as a reward, mm-hmm. right? That authority, that, um, that power that is then given is a reward. So we get to the third man and he is given this mina. He does nothing with it. He returns it, and um, he didn't even collect interest on what was he could have done something with. Um, and and out of that, the the master takes it all away from him. Mm. Um, take this uh, mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And so here's where the the kind of the the balancing act that Ben did on Sunday, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Isaac. But is just this balance of is he taking away his salvation? Or is he taking away his reward, mm-hmm. and and s- to some extent that may sound like the, the, the same thing, um, right? But there there is this premise that the reward is something that happens in eternity. You know, you hear that there is you know mansions laid up in heaven, um, and then there is the idea of salvation that salvation comes to those who believe, and so. That balancing act was was kind of an interesting one, Isaac. What did you think about that? And what do you think about this idea of is there a difference between that the mm-hmm. reward and the salvation? Mm. I don't have a strong opinion on it, one way or
1: the other. Okay. Um, I think that's a fair yeah. <laughs> a fair uh, response. I think that just I always think about that in the sense of for the last fifteen hundred years of church history, people have gone, very intelligent people. Yeah, scholars way smarter have gone than us. back and forth on the idea. And you know, I think there's fairly good evidence on both sides for both cases. So, yeah. um, I think the lesson that I take from this is um, either we'll make it with smoke on our clothes, <laughs> you're right, um, and we will not have a reward when we get into heaven, which I don't want that, or worse, um, we have so you, lost you kind, our salvation. Do you kind of see it as, I mean, and I'm, I'm I'm hearing this
0: from like somebody sitting in the congregation, right? Yeah. Some of the congregations hearing that and saying, so I make it in, but I'm just kind of like in the nosebleeds, <laughs> right? You know, if you think about the stadium seating, yeah. you're mm-hmm. not sitting front and center for the Lumineers. You're like right.
1: out there in the parking lot by by the Red Robin. Well, I think that'll still be great, <laughs> but um, it'll be a he- heck of a lot better than hell. Yeah, um, that's, but, that's a tough balancer. Um, I, I think that Jesus' point, without having to get into the theological nitty gritty of it, is that we do better to invest it mm-hmm. and we do better to risk um risk everything for the gospel and receive a reward. Yeah. Even if we don't understand exactly what that reward looks like now with the terminology that's given here, yeah, it's going to be far better. Um, what do you think, Aaron? I, I think it's difficult because you, you have this,
0: um, you have this idea that everything should be fair, right? Mm. We live in a world. I mean, my, my kids say this all the time, right? That is not fair. What, whatever the, the balance is. And, and I think we've gained this idea of eternity, uh, and I'm just saying, I'm speaking for myself and maybe others, but is that eternity just should be fair, mm-hmm. right? And there, there is no um, hierarchy of heaven. There is no tears or, and that kind of thing, which there, there's not. But, but there is this idea, this biblical concept that reward is something that's outside of um, the direct Levels of salvation, right, and that 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 God gives us, He Jesus did on the cross. He dies for eternity. He He dies for once and for all. And in that moment, all men are given the chance to have salvation, um, whether we and we choose that or not. Not choose that is a, a different theological conversation. Um, but ultimately, when you get to heaven, I think there's been this belief that and no matter if they come on to the salvation at their deathbed, you know, or they come to salvation when they're nine and, and they continue to to follow Jesus through 80 more years of their life, that the reward is the same, right? That's kind of been what our society is built on, but it seems like what is being implied here is that it is different, that there yeah. is a reward that um, those who have been faithful and have taken risks for the gospel and have taken the time to, to step out in faith— greater will be given. Yeah. And um, I don't know how to rationalize that in my head because, you know, I, I think about heaven as this place where, and I've been reading that book, Heaven, you know? Yeah. And one of the things that that he talks about is that there, the the concept of time and space and all things are not going to be that important, right? Because what is important that we'll be given glory to God and it'll be like the greatest day of our lives times a million, right? Kind of a thing. But I, I, I have a hard time balancing this idea that it might be more beneficial, or I guess, or it is more beneficial for those uh, it, with a higher reward when they get there. And, and that's yeah. what I struggle with.
1: Well, I think that's, I think it's something we need to talk more about as a church. I think we have kind of ignored that concept of reward for greater levels of faithfulness here while we're here on earth. And the Bible talks often about reward and it's not a bad incentive. Um, we we, um, remain faithful and do good works for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of what he's done for us. But there's also this added incentive of you have no idea what you might even receive on the other side in mm-hmm. your faithfulness. And so I think that's something that we need to be, um, teaching people is there is a, there are certain levels of rewards that will be given when we arrive in heaven because of our faithfulness. And, um, I want to get everything I can. I, I mean, right. um, so just to—I think there's a good incentive for people like me, at least who who can use a little incentive here and there well, to boost me along the way. And, and I think that's a good point because you know we live in a society that is
0: based around incentives, right? Mm-hmm. That that's what—that's the American dream, right? You you work hard, you put in the effort, you should be like rewarded on the other side of that. Hmm. That that's the entire premise of capitalism in a nutshell, right? And um when you when you boil down what um I guess we've been believed about Christianity and Christian faith is that it then kind of becomes very communist, right? Hmm. In the thought process like, well then everybody gets given the same thing. Everybody's gets given eternal life. There's walking on the golden streets and you're all given a mansion in heaven. We're all equal yeah. and we're all equal. Um, and and before God, obviously, we are equal in that way. He yeah. obviously loves us that way. But there is this, you said, repeated uh, idea of reward. Yeah. I mean, when the when they take off their crowns and they throw them before, right? There is some sort of idea that, and I don't even think we can find or mentally grasp that
1: of what that looks like. Um, I mean, the tango- disciples would receive the 12 thrones. Right, 12 thrones, um, yeah, absolutely. So obviously, they will have a certain level of um, reward and authority over anyone else. Um, so I think we see that through there and it's not like we're going to do all these things just so we can get a a better crown. Exactly. You you know, and that's, and I think God's going to be able to discern whether somebody is trying to make it to heaven for that or whether the crown is something that, you know, is an afterthought. Um, we're just faithful for the sake of being faithful and God will reward that. Um, Well,
0: right. I mean, I think, I I guess the way that I'm, I'm thinking about this is that there, there is in our society, again, the people that who put in the effort and are, do the hard work and, are never noticed for yeah. it, right? And yeah. the the statement that you're making, I think is very true. You will be noticed for it, right? Yeah. You have the the little old lady in church who's been there for you know 70 years and yep. she's faithfully prayed for every single, yeah. you know, kid in the youth ministry and and yeah. helped support them going to camp and
1: but she's never recognized yeah. in this life that reward is yeah. on the other side of that. Like I see as Lewis says, when we get to heaven, there will be surprises Mm. um, as to who's there and what position they're in. And I love that idea. Um, It helps us to remember not to be too confident about, you know, what our position is going to be like um, and who we might expect to be there. Yeah. Um, There will be surprises because folks who've lived in the background of faith here on earth are going to be in the foreground uh, in heaven. And Jesus talks about that oftentimes the first will be last, the last last will be first. Yeah. I mean, you think, you think about these big mega church pastors that are
0: putting themselves up there on all social medias and doing everything that they can to, to promote themselves in this life. And maybe the reward is not as, as, as high as the little lady who's been helping the mm-hmm. kid get to camp every single, you know, summer that, that, that's, I think that the premise where our mind has to get to, right. That the, the risks that we take inside of life, you know, uh, that, that is where that reward is going to come. And, and it's something that, yes, you may not experience it in this life, um, but it will be experienced on the other side of, 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 the, of the gates of heaven, right? Yeah. And, and that's where that, that balance, and like you're saying, people, God will be able to discern your heart. Were you just trying to yeah. do this to gain popularity, to gain uh, recognition? You know, it's the people that go on mission trips and to start posting all the pictures of how they've been on mission trips, right? Did you do that just for that purpose? Or, yeah. you know, were you doing that for the, for the good of the kingdom and actually taking risks uh, for, for the gospel? And again, I think only God and knows that. And he's yeah. the one that has the ability to discern that. So we we cannot be the ones discerning that in somebody else's life, right? right? And and recognize, well, well their reward's not going to be as good as mine, right? Yeah, yeah. And that and that's where, um, again, we I think because we want everything to be equal, that's why we have built this idea of saying, well, you know,
1: I I don't know what I think about that, yeah. you know, because yeah, well, so, and, that, and that kind of leads us to have a cop out to not to not have to not. <laughs> have as much good works in that sense is because it's all going to be equal when you get to heaven. So I can just coast, go to church every Sunday, read my Bible, and take care of me and my family, and it'll all be the same. Um, And I think there's a biblical incentive for for seeing that those who devote their lives to selfless service of others in the name of Jesus are going to have an awesome reward um, above and beyond others um, when you get to heaven. That's not the reason why we do it, but it is a, a promise we can hang on to.
0: Uh, well, you say it's not the reason, but it, it is kind of a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you really—I said that's what I'm trying to say. As you boil it down, if if we have our our eyes, our mind on eternity, well, then like this ability to to help this person gives us an eye towards eternity. Saying like, man, I'm I'm investing
1: there, not. In- well, I think when you look at this parable, Jesus taught these guys to have that kind of a vision. He rewarded their their vision into the future. He rewarded their ability to say, "I'm going to take a risk here." so that I can get something more back for my master. And yeah. That's the vision Jesus calls us to have. I'm going to take a risk here so that I can have something more in the future. That's the definition of sacrifice, to say no to something now to get something later. And Jesus says we should have that sacrifice. Dave, Dave Ramsey says it. Uh, that
0: live like no one else so you can live like no one else, right? Yeah. That that down the road, you're, you're investing short-term so you can invest long-term yeah. uh, when it comes to that. So Ben then said in this challenge, the challenge is to take what you've been given and and use it. And people say, well, I don't know what I've been given, right? And, yeah. he, and he basically said this phrase, right? Your testimony is all the same thing. Yeah, I was a jerk, I was going to hell, and God saved me. Yeah, <laughs> I was a jerk, I was going to hell, and God saved me. And yeah. I love that because, I mean... You know that you've heard of the I was before I am currently, in yeah. a, but that's really. I mean, if you really want to boil it down, yeah, how much of a jerk you've been that that's different for every single person yeah. in terms of your testimony. And what it looks like, and and so being a jerk might just be selfishness. Being a jerk might be addiction. Being a jerk might be, uh, you know, living for only the here and now. Mm-hmm. But Jesus saved you, and now you are going to go into eternity. Yeah. He saved you out of hell. Yeah, and so when it comes to that's a testimony that even the youngest of children can yeah.
1: can understand. Well, and that's what Jesus says is worth so much. That's the minus that, that was given. So that's what we have to work with, is our testimony of the gospel, how the gospel has affected us. And just sharing that story with people um, is, is how we invest in our faith, is how we take faith risks, sharing that story. And so I guess I was challenged this week to ask... Who am I going to share my story with? Mm. What does that look like? Um, and I love that scripture that Ben turned to and he read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that talks about the foundation that people are building on top of the gospel. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 says, Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, it's the gospel, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, goes from best to worst. Each one's work will become manifest for the day of judgment. will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Mm. So that's kind of a challenge to me to ask the question, what am I building on top of the foundation of the gospel? Am I building my own, my own kingdom, my own empire made of straw and hay that's just going to burn down on the day of judgment? Or am I building, um, a tower of, of, you know, the gospel of the kingdom that is going to remain through that judgment and it's Mm -hmm. going to last. Uh, So what kind of things are we devoting our life to? And are these things that will stand in the day of judgment? Will God say, well done, good and faithful servant for all that you've built on top of the gospel? um, Or will he say, um, well, you know, have we invested our life in things that don't really matter? Yeah. Well, and, and Ben drove home that point there at the end, there will be judgment. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: that is that is a fact. I mean, if you look, look constantly through the—we're going to be talking about, like, you know, the big picture of the Bible in the next couple of weeks, right? One of the things you see over and over again is, is that God's uh, authority will reign in His kingdom, yeah. and His judgment will happen. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to have the eye towards judgment because God's in control of that. And so, yeah, what are you building your uh, your faith on? This gift has been given to you, mm-hmm. right? Eternity has been given to you. That the chance of forgiveness from your sins, the the ability to to live free has been given to you. What are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Are you sitting on it or are you going out and investing it? Mm-hmm. And and that's a challenge to every single one of us. Taking that story of I was a jerk. I was going to hell and God saved me like that. That message is something you can take to your neighbor. It's mm-hmm. something that you can take to um, the person you're sitting on a plane with or the person that you're, you know, working with or in school with. Every single person can have that story. If Jesus has saved you, you know what he saved you from. Mm-hmm. And that that can easily be the, the starter conversation uh, for that neighbor that drives you crazy or, or, yeah. the, or the family member who is... Uh, problematic or annoying um that is where our call is and Mm -hmm. are we willing to take those risks because we are going to get before judgment and judgment's going to happen and god's going to say what did you do with this Mm -hmm. you know and as you're saying maybe we're we get slid there into heaven with the smoke on our on our clothes right Right. um or maybe we're given a reward Mm -hmm. and for the 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 what we have done with what god has for us
1: I'm just so amazed that God would uh, put such a treasure in these jars of clay that you and I are, you know, in all of our brokenness with all of our ups and downs and failures, each and every one of us listening to this podcast has been entrusted with something that is priceless, um, that Jesus would be willing to lay down his life for. And you and I have that in our possession, um, in all of our imperfection. And he says he wants us to carry that message. Um, That means we're equipped, we're called uh, in spite of all, um, we are able to do that. And so I think just take confidence in that today that um, you've been put on mission and you've got what it takes. And it's a simple story of the gospel, how Jesus has worked that in your life. Um, And so my challenge to you is to, to take a faith risk this week Mm. and, um, and invest that gospel in another soul. I love that. Calling people out, Isaac, good stuff. And people are going to be, they're going to be coming to the Lord.
0: It's gonna be awesome. So this week you got youth group starting up. Salt starting Starts, on Wednesday. Yeah. So youth group is back. Get those students back. Get them challenged up. Yep. Send them into the 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 fires of Lapine High School and get them <laughs> them ready to know that what Jesus has done for their life. It's mm-hmm. gonna be really really exciting. Anything anything you're 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 stoked about for? I, I know you did like a, a
1: little interview thing with uh, Julie and them the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm am excited about this new series where we start on community. Just. Um, reinforcing the kids how important it is to be in community uh, at their age and at every age, um, but especially for them to be in a faith community. It helps them stay the course and um, walk and follow Jesus. So that's gonna be my encouragement to our kids this fall, and I'm excited to see um, some new students come through the doors and getting to share the gospel to them. It's gonna
0: be great. This week we're launching our, all of our groups again as well. Had our big group leader meeting like yesterday, and um, Wanted to get everybody into a group. That's yeah. really something that I'm, I'm, I'm making as my goal, and I, I'm going to try my best, but is to get people who are coming on Sunday mornings in, involved with with another uh, set of people that they can be, whether that's in a class or inside of a life group, where they can actually be loved and, and be known and, and grow together. And that's kind of one of the, the challenges that we have as a church as we continue to grow is uh, making more space. Uh, for people, and so, um, so be praying for that. If you're on, listening to this on 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 your podcast today, is saying, hey we need to get people into groups and and what people need to hear more about those so that'll be this next week Uh, we're gonna have a little groups fair that's gonna take place and it's gonna be an exciting time so it's gonna be good stuff this episode is brought to you by the guys over at Ponderosa Pizza they are the ones who help uh, support this Uh, having a chance to do this every single week it is the first Saturday of every single month I was just there this last week leading worship for it this next one's gonna be I think October 7th 7th October 7th will be the next one Um, Marv spoke at the Last one. He talked about the armor of God and putting on the full armor of God. He did a great job. He had. He told me he had 26 pages of notes before he hopped into there, and he he was able to cut it down. So we, we weren't there for 40. Could have been there all day. Yeah, we were there for four and a half hours. No, he was. <laughs> he did a great job wow. on that, and so they have a great uh, group of guys that that meet over there. But um, we will be back next week, uh, fully assembled uh, with with uh, Pastor Ben here too as well. Again, f- episode 40. Wow. Episode 40 is made is it. here. We are. We're pushing towards, I don't know, a thousand. (laughs) We'll see you later.